Call that a news update? This is a news update. It's Neighbourhood Watch. This week on Neighbourhood Watch, the federal government in Australia is set to introduce vaccine passports for international travel, while the new South Wales state government will reopen pubs, cafes and hairdressers once the state reaches 70% of double vaccination rates. But Justin first talked to Radio Adelaide's Zoe Kunandis about the rural New South Wales community of Wilcunia, which is facing a COVID outbreak. Here they are now. So this has been um, quite a developing story for the past few weeks and I was away um, last week but this is something I would have definitely covered. Um, the town of Vulcania, which is a town in New South Wales, um, it's, quite clo- it's quite relatively close to Broken Hill, um, so maybe that can give you some context of where it is located. Um, it has had a massive COVID-19 outbreak um, in the community and it's been really quite devastating um, for all involved, obviously. Um, it's the first um, really major COVID-19 outbreak we've seen in a regional community and we, uh, Wilcania also hosts um, a really Uh, high population of Indigenous Australians and now this is the first time we've seen quite an outbreak amongst the community um, and it's um, pretty devastating to see. Um, They've they've also uh, a week ago had uh, quite a a food crisis which some of you may have heard about already. Uh, They were unable to get any food to the town the government had made some really lazy remarks saying that, uh, you know, you could just get Uber Eats um, or food delivery, but in Kenya, they do not have access to those um, services. Uh, so I, we saw a lot of community rallying behind Wilcania, um, trying to get them food and uh, essential um, items. We're now seeing some more um initiatives take place so they're going to be able to receive mobile internet support uh during this outbreak so they won't have to pay for that and they'll have more um access through telstra which is pretty much the only phone service that works in the um in the country um and we're still seeing a bit of lack of action from the government of course um as Wilcania is battling covid um it's it's yeah it's really devastating obviously the whole of new south wales right now is isn't in a really good place um you know there's a few things coming out that there's been a few leaked letters showing that the federal government had actually been warned of this sort of potential um catastrophe last year um so 18 months ago obviously when covid first started happening there was um the urgent need to protect the town of Bucania from a COVID hit. Um, and these were letters, um, you know, months ago in March, 2020, um, that uh, people had really high concerns, outlining grave fears for the far west um, of New South Wales, warning from around the world are clear, um, the earlier we protect and act, the better our outcomes will be. So there has been a really big push to protect this town and um, make it COVID safe since March 2020. Yet, um, you know, we're, we're now seeing an outbreak take place and they don't have 
the they don't have access to major um, supplies like a city town would. So um, they're quite um, the they've been, they've had to be quite unprepared due to that. I always think it's quite remarkable to see sometimes rural Australia can be lacking that much in infrastructure. Yeah, it it does come across quite surprising at first. I mean, especially during a global pandemic, you are correct. It, it does feel surprising considering we've all had such time to prepare. But, you know, um, Wilcannia and, and places like Brigham Hill, they are really far out and really far away from the main towns. Like I think such a high percentage of Australia lives along the coast. So um, that, you know, that's no excuse. And it's not to say that things shouldn't be better in the town right now, but it is probably wise that they are quite far away from really any major towns. I mean, Wilcannia is... I can't remember, but they are like four or something hours away from the nearest town and, and the nearest sort of lot of supplies. So it is a really big country, I suppose, and we are all really quite far away from each other. Mm. Okay, um, let's move on to um, the federal government proposing a vaccine passport for international travel. Yeah, this is quite a new story and comes at an interesting time. Um, we're still seeing very high cases in New South Wales and Victoria, um, but the Morrison government um, ha will have a system in place within weeks, they say, to support the um, you know presumption of international travel as vaccination rates in our country are rising, which is really good news. Um, with federal, with senior federal ministers meeting um, yesterday, they were sort of continuing work around this vaccine passport. Um, what will this passport look like? Um, it, it's sort of obviously just um, we'll be able to tell, we'll be able to verify you, I suppose, as someone who is fully vaccinated. Um, the, the, the plan is for reopening Australia um, was unveiled. So reopening Australia to the rest of the world. It was sort of unveiled in July, but... <clears throat> We had high hopes and then now we've had this massive outbreak again. Um, hopes have dropped. So, you know, the thought right now to me of a vaccine passport is just like, okay, whatever, can we just get us all vaccinated and, like, not have major outbreaks right now? But anyway, so now we're thinking about the passport in a time where it almost feels impossible to think about going overseas. Um, vaccinated Australians will be able to head overseas more freely. Um, at least 80% of the over 16 population um, need to be vaccinated, however. And then phase C of the plan, governments would abolish caps on vaccinated Australians returning home from overseas um, and lift all restrictions on outbound travel for vaccinated Australians. Uh, the triggers are linked to vaccinated rates rather than a rate date. Um, so, you know, obviously New South Wales um, will probably and hopefully um, resume the state travel in time for Christmas, but we have no idea. So, yeah, it's just this sort of slow phase that the government are trying to implement in order to open us back up. Um, but we are slowly getting there in terms of our vaccinations. Um, we have 31% fully vaccinated. Um, and there's been 21.2 million doses given. 
So we're probably more of our population is half vaccinated opposed to fully vaccinated, but we're getting there and lots of states have opened up to the um, under 35 age bracket, which hadn't been opened up recently. So we've all kind of got our vaccinations booked soon. And I guess we're starting to think about travel again. Personally, it's so I- weird to think of traveling when you look at New South Wales, almost 1,500 cases every day and now they're thinking of opening up exactly it is strange i think um maybe i'm being a bit too spectacular um critical of it all perhaps it is something that can give hope to people knowing that at the end of all this they will be able to go see loved ones overseas or have their loved ones returned home so you know there is also positives to the situation Okay. And speaking of New South Wales are uh, opening up, they do now have a roadmap of opening up despite having more than a thousand cases every day. Yes. Yeah. So New South Wales citizens will be allowed to attend pubs, clubs, and get their hair cut and sit in cafes once the state reaches 70% of fully vaccinated or double vaccination rates, um, which is most likely to happen at the end of October. Um, The New South Wales government um, are going to sort of reveal this roadmap. And it's a lot to do with economic recovery as well. I mean, states will most likely be in lockdown, quite heavy lockdown until the end of October. As you mentioned, over a thousand cases a day, just absolutely unbelievable. so it is a lot tied in with um, economic recovery and, and it's a nice goal. And it, I guess it suppose it gives a lot of people in New South Wales right now, again, a bit of hope and excitement and a way out, um, which is something we weren't able to see in the first lockdowns, especially um, in Victoria, uh, sort of at the end of last year, this time last year, you know, they didn't really have a light at the end of the tunnel where now New South Wales do have that with vaccinations being quite available across the country and um, an opportunity to be able to um, get back to normal, which is really exciting. However, I, 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 you know, I have to mention that New South Wales cases are really dire right now. Um, We're seeing people, really young people, pass away COVID-19 in their 20s and in their 30s and, um, you know, over a thousand cases a day, which is something that I don't even think we were seeing in the initial outbreak um, for New South Wales last year. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, I I think the Prime Minister over here said we really can't expect the travel bubble to be restarted um, by... The end of the year so yeah. no more transtasman travel for the rest of 2021 but on the new south wales reopening plan i guess um a lot of states won't be keen on open reopening their borders with states like victoria and new south wales soon yeah i think it depends a lot on how we see vaccination and what that does for the country um you know, if we're all sort of 70, 80% vaccinated by the end of October, um, you know, maybe there might be less cases. Um, it really does depend on the vaccination. I'm not being skeptical of the vaccination at all. I mean, it'll just, when it, what will our cases look like when a, when we are like 70% vaccinated? And then we'll decide, I, I speculate that's when they will decide to be reopening and sort of, you know, 
um, the new normal and all those sort of phrases will start coming out. That was Neighbourhood Watch. Ripper. <laughs>